Hello and welcome to Too Rash, Too Unadvised, The Will to Babble on Will to Battle, a weekly read-through of Terra Ignata. My name is Liam Nolan. Mine's Wero Karyuki. And I'm Nemo. And today we're discussing chapters three and four. If you want to ask us any questions or be on the show, please feel free to reach out to us at 2 rash 2 at gmail.com. That's two is in the number two, and I checked that email, so no spoilers, please. Also support us, and more importantly, our editor on Patreon with that out of the way. And many thanks to our lord and savior, Seth. And a mortal tyrant, who I'll, of course, kill. Let's get on with the show. Okay, so chapters. Oh wait, you said you wanted to talk about something in advance. I'm sorry. How the, uh, uh, the it's dedication. been a while since we had a real episode of this show, uh, and the last episode, I think, might be the worst episode we've recorded since like episode two. Uh, oh no! Yeah. Why? We were. I was not being interesting at all, and I don't think my my co-host was able to save us. Yeah, that's true. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, re-record it with, uh, different guests. There are no guests. There were no guests. Oh, well, re-record it and release it next week. I don't know if we could do a conversation again. Could we? No. Yeah. Well, we could try. You did. Try. You, you have, you have done this before. One of the episodes, your, your audio cut out specifically on the one argument you wanted to make. And so you listen yeah. to my audio, inferred from what I was saying, what you must have been saying, and then recorded in the gas. <laughs> yeah. It was actually really hard to do. Um, I mean, you also recapped an argument that you and Johnny had had that you then subsequently released. We Was my, was my recap was accurate? Like, yeah, it was pretty accurate. Oh, good. Okay. A couple of things in this chapter have made me worried that some that I might just occasionally invent information. Uh, <laughs> things that happened in this chapter? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, That's not how I felt when I read it. Because <laughs> much like the, the Carlisle stuff, um, I was just sure this was a, a fact the book had told us. <laughs> and... Unless the book is inconsistent, which is possible, uh, I I don't know where I got it. <laughs> okay, so so first dedication and ancillary. Yes, um, the dedication the the thing by Hobbes. Uh, no, I'm thinking the uh, the permissions. Oh, page. okay, yeah. Oh, the permissions page. We spent a long time on that. Uh, I don't know if we oh, did, did. Okay. Anything interesting about that? We can like just I don't know. Uh, we, we talked about why they were each, the reasons each gave, and also the dates each gave, about when, when you could release this. Yeah. We also discussed how all of the different ways that they censor things mm-hmm. seem interesting. Yes. Um, for example, the cousins don't show up in the, um, in who was not censoring, right? Because the Mitsubishi are not censoring this. They're the only Hive, which doesn't actually have a line in here about censoring explicitly. Um, whereas the cousins aren't in the part where they've classified it, haven't classified it as a military secret, but did have the Board of Services declare this um, ban. <laughs> and so they're just sort of sideways doing this, right? Uh, that's such a cousin thing to do. 
Uh, yes. Yeah, this specifically is that is 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 it is, is, is a husband to do. Um. So, since we know the previous books have actively been censored by the characters of the mm-hmm. book, and this book isn't intended to be released, mm-hmm. yeah, this is actually uh, my the first thing I wrote down for this chapter is, uh, and I can pull up my exact quote here because it was at the start of the week. I had not realized how much editing Mycroft needed. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's, it's a lot. Um, he is failing to come across as cogent here. Yeah, yeah. And the Canergel uh, uh, is off. Uh, he, he can do more of what he wants. Um, he really needed a second pass. Also... My working theory about the listener, that the listener was literally a character who was actually watching Mycroft write and then nagging him about stuff, Mm -hmm. seems Mm -hmm. like that's off the table. Uh, What makes you feel that way? That this is being written in secret and the listener is still interrupting him to say things. So unless there's a Mycroft 2 who is also the only person allowed to see this, which I find very unlikely... Seems like the listener is just Mycroft's picture of the audience and not an actual... More like Hobbes. Not an actual character. More like Hobbes than Martin. Yeah. Unless, of course, Hobbes is uh, real and actually speaking to Mycroft. Real to whom? Boy, see, the problem (laughs) is Bridger could totally have made a ghost. And if you make a ghost as Bridger, can it die? (laughs) Ah. I think it depends. It depends on whether... It depends on whether or not it was made out of a living person beforehand. But you would make a ghost out of a dead person. Because it's a ghost. I mean, you would be you would be killing a person, so yes. No, I think I but... think I think Liam is saying go find Thomas Hobbes' grave, dig up his body and try to make a ghost. That's a fascinating question. So Bridger can any any living thing in a costume can be permanently miracled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but toys have to be revivified. What is a dead body in that case? Yes, yeah. and not, maybe you don't even need the body. Here's here's my pitch on the ghost thing. Just because of how ghosts work, <laughs> and it's clear it's been established this is in a limit of Bridger's powers. Mm-hmm. So, if Bridger understands how ghosts work, mm-hmm. could he make a permanent ghost? I think Bridger's concept of ghosts precludes their ability to speak to the living. Uh, he seems well, to be very influenced what? What? by a Greek, like a very Homeric afterlife. Yeah. I, I, and hang on. The Greek ghosts not only spoke to the living, but were notorious for having guests. Oh, yeah. Okay. What? No, you're right. People would just go visit ghosts sometimes. Uh, and talk to I them. Mean, that I think right. there's like, what, two stories about this that? Like that Orpheus? In, yeah, and there's the Odyssey. No, 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 no. Yeah, okay. That required going yeah. to Hades. Yeah, they just popped in for afternoon tea and talked to some ghosts. But that, that's, that's like saying, um... <laughs> Of course you could talk to prisoners. You just have to go to Alcatraz. Like, it's a bit of a trip. Trek. Yes! What are you talking... 
You can talk to prisoners. How is this an argument I'm having? But it's possible I that the call concept... call jail tomorrow. It's possible the concept of, of, of... But this concept of ghosts precludes them being not in Hades. Um, I think... I think in principle they could leave, right? Someone have to, I can't think someone, of a time it's happened. Someone would have to let them leave. Well, in this case, that someone is Bridger. I'm not happy about this. I don't know how happy I am about this. Mm. It's fine. We're complaining about the ways things worked in uh, the old Greek myths, so certain members I mean, of our audience are going to yell at us about it. And one of us will be regardless. right. Regardless. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or none. It's definitely not me. Or none of us will be right. That's also a possibility could happen that's the most likely case yes uh but specifically mycroft is insane so mm. he's not capable of distinguishing whether or not hobbs is real i assume that's that's my assumption from the reading does mycroft think the reader is real i think no i think mycroft is 100 percent losing it um but I think he probably can distinguish between the things that is his brain failing and the things that are actually happening, at least in the moment. Like, I think if you were to talk to Mycroft when he discussed the prison ghosts, he would at least intellectually be able to tell you that he understands ghosts aren't real. Fair. Okay. I have a lot of flexibility on this one, because. Mm -hmm. uh, but he does think that witches are real. Well, they are. Yeah, like uh, I don't <laughs> to tell you about this one. Yeah, but like that, I think that 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 means even like we we can't even make such a firm. If sometimes when when Minecraft means Mitch, which he means um specifically a witch from the Middle Ages, or Thisbe, or a dream I had once, it's sort of hard to tell what Minecraft is saying, right? Yeah, he, he's clearly deteriorating. Um, and I... Okay. I'm only four chapters in, but I do think it's happening even chapter by chapter. <laughs> he, he seems to me like he's getting worse. So, like... He definitely loses the, the thread in this one. Let's, let's introduce this yeah. chapter. So, chapter okay. the third is this The Spark, mm -hmm. written July 11th through 13th, Events of April 8th and 9th, Alexandria. Etc. Etc. So, the broad strokes thing that's happening here is Mycroft is taking Achilles around to all of the major leaders in order, except Ansley for mysterious reasons. In... And having... Okay, no, uh, that's the first thing we're going to tackle. In order? Yeah. What order? The order of his 710 list. Uh, uh, Faust assumes or claims to say that Mycroft's order is in the relative importance Mason of Mycroft's... Kosala, Spain, uh, he skips Dominic, but then gets Faust. So he specifically skips Vivian and Dominic. Ancelet for mystery reasons, uh, and Dominic for obvious reasons. <laughs> what, what are the obvious <laughs> reasons? It's Did dominant. you read um, Two Like the Lightning <laughs> and its companion book, Seven Surrenders? <laughs> so, uh, as less of a joke answer, I, I think the exact thing Faust says is just true. Uh, Dominic is 
Dominic is not really a a power in the Mitsubishi. He is just kind of there because everyone who is a real power within the Mitsubishi is pretty confident that they're he's going to fall apart in a year and they can reclaim control. They're also all in prison, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. So and I'm separately uh Dominic is the person most responsible who's still living for Bridger's death. Arguably. Oh wow, that's a take we haven't had before. Um, Let's go through that one. Yeah. Well, Mycroft, maybe though. not responsible for their death, but definitely responsible for torturing and terrorizing. Oh, crap. And stealing Aimer. Oh, that's right. Oh, I had, I had forgotten that <laughs> happened. Yeah, he probably didn't take that well. Yeah, I guess because of, and probably because of Dominic, Bridger ended up being a lot more isolated than he could have been. Yeah. Um, you make a very valid point. I don't think Achilles was going to side with the Mitsubishi I, yeah. anyway. They're probably number one on his enemies list. Um, really? But, but that's sort of... I the, don't think that's true. I think number one is Sniper, given what the the first words we hear, one of the first words we hear Achilles said, which is Achilles... It's, I'm going to kill Sniper. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but the broad strokes of this chapter is, it's a series of conversations, Mycroft flips between them with no warning, um, and we open with Caesar in Alexandria. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Alexandria is very pretty. <laughs> I believe that. Ever been? Did we? It it was made clear at some point which Alexandria we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, Egypt's right? Alexandria. Like Egypt's Alexandria. Oh God, I'm pretty right, sure. Right, but I just assumed. Also, I'm pretty sure that's the case. For I mean, because that's where the library yeah. and the lighthouse yeah. was, and the Sanctum Sanctorum is very clearly a reference to. The lighthouse of the by by the way it's described it it kind of looks like the lighthouse of Alexandria. You've actually you've just answered one of my questions for the author. Um, which, which one? Which hive has the best library? And you've you've raised an excellent point. <laughs> one of them is capitaled in Alexandria. I don't know. Uh, surely it's that one. The capital the the, the library a burn. Uh, and but B just gets scattered eventually. Just like the people wanted stuff from it. Yeah. And then it became less important. Oh. You, you don't think the Hive, obsessed with weird old traditions, rebuilt the nicest library in their capital city? They might rebuild it, but they might make it... Somebody else might make a better Hive. Big Utopia? Uh, uh, mm, I feel like Utopia, Utopia would, would have an not... internet. Yeah. Sorry. I'll still ask, uh, but I'll be very surprised. If given... it's anywhere but Alexandria. Yeah. yeah, I mean, probably Ingolstadt, otherwise... Oh, I'm still that's, that's... I'm still on the Utopian train. Okay. I think that they would have the best library, but it'd be digital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a digital library is, let's be fair here, uh, an insult. Um, you can't just put a, a bank of computers in a big room and tell me that it's as good as a library. I I object. Not even. Well, that's what very, libraries are mostly used for. Very now. strongly. And that's not what a digital library is yeah. on the internet. It's not co-located computers for reading books. It's a indexing and, and access medium to access actual books. I am still not over uh, one of the schools I went to threw away like 22 shelves of books to make room for another bank of computers. <laughs> 
Um, oh no. And I sometimes remember that that happened and I get angry about it all over again. Um, I yeah. have some borderline unhealthy attachments <laughs> to libraries. In, in retrospect, that has probably occasionally, uh, you know what? I'd cut my segue into that story. That's a story that I need to tell, not while I'm being recorded. Okay. <laughs> You've already put part of that story out on, on, on the podcast. You didn't ask me to cut it. Damn, really? The, How much did I get through? The borderline sexual... Oh, no, that was it. I thought that was fine last time. Okay. <laughs> I remember it because it was... Oh, okay. Yeah, it was like a, like a year after all of that stopped being relevant in my life that I, I had a sudden and uncomfortable realization. Okay, we're in Alexandria. Uh, one, one thing that I am unsure of, we get a note that uh, Achilles is apparently backing up that the throne room might have been built by Daedalus. Mm. Yes. Which, ah, boy, I don't know what There's... to make of that. <laughs> There's so many awesome levels of, well, what's real here, what's narrative, and what does that mean if you're only narrative? Yeah. The, <laughs> the one that I think is, is a more interesting character question that I'm also thinking I might forget is that uh, Mason, claim, Mason claims that the Masons are older than Achilles, and does he believe older than his epic, which is older, which is yes, less old than Achilles? But but does he think that's true, or is that just a thing he has to say to like back up the the story? Uh, I definitely think that is a a thing he is obligated to say, whether or not he believes it. I am unsure. I I also don't know. I thought the book was pretty clear that it's sort of known by everyone that that's a lie and that they actually came about as a, a fiction. Because um, the claim but, of the, the historic claim of the Masonic Empire, to be clear, is that all of the stories about the Freemasons are true uh, yeah. and now they've come out into the open. And they've been a secret empire and that like they've been referred to as oh their their law uh predates the concept of law <laughs> and i don't know i i would i would be more willing to accept that this is just a thing that mason has to say if he didn't like back it up cuz he then goes on to explain to achilles that like because of this you're going to be very comfortable here, as all of our traditions are also as old as you are. Um, and I don't know if he would say that if you didn't think it was true. Because mm, if I anyone in the making... world can call you out on that, it's the person you're talking to. Is it? Is it? Because it's it's Achilles is based on Bridger's understanding of Achilles. Sort but, of. Maybe. But he's also not... He's the sort of platonic concept of an Achilles character, which is... Which is different from a real historical person who may or may not... Like, we don't know if Achilles existed. 
of... Achilles seems to think Achilles existed. Well, all people and... think they existed and have a history. That's like but that. it's not he a... says there was like a museum he checked out. That's a point I want to talk about, but let's, let's go back to that in a second. <laughs> uh, so Achilles and Patroclus, or Patroclus brings it up and then Achilles agrees that, oh, hey, this looks like Daedalus's. Yeah. <laughs> That implies to me that they are more likely to buy into what Mason is saying if they've already bought into, oh, wow, this place looks like it could have been made by Daedalus. They, in fact, say that, like, they would recognize it anywhere. It's so perfectly consistent with his style. I want to say that that must be because Bridger has seen Masonic stuff and that's his frame of reference. But I don't understand how Achilles works well enough to make that claim super well. Because mm-hmm. he also knows about things from the future, which Bridger should know about, but shouldn't be able to simulate in the kind of fidelity that Achilles is discussing, even to create a character. Wait, things from the future? Yeah, he talks about his time in AI space god battles. Oh, yes. And, like, even if Bridger could think about such a thing, I'm not convinced Bridger could make one in his head to then give the thoughts about to a kid. Like, it, it seems like there are so many elements of this that must come from somewhere other than Bridger's brain, and I don't but know where been... those might be. That's been true for everything so far. I mean, mm-hmm. the woman that they recreate. Um, I mean, in the in the photo. Yeah, the woman in the photo. Uh, the soldiers have memories of fighting battles. Um, actually, in the Hellespont, which is funny. Um, I fought at Lonessus. I don't know where Lonessus is. It's it's one of the places near Troy. No, that's that they sack in the. That's Iliad. the quote. Um, someone thought of like Bridge was saying that. Aim of Thotalonessus, but I don't know where Lonessus is. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Um, where's it going? Uh, yeah, so this is the common thing of Bridger's stuff. Like, it, he creates something and nobody can quite clear, no one is quite clear whether or not the things that he miracles have an independent Sore. creative force. Yeah, does that source... mean... Because those other things, the suggestion was that they appeared to be true, right? Like, we were... It was at least suggested that perhaps this woman had actually been a woman who had lived a life. But so is this telling me that Daedalus was like some guy that was hanging out one day and built a throne room? Well, we we don't actually know. We don't get a firm answer. We don't. About the about the woman. Yeah, nobody replies to that comment. Although, oh, nobody replies to Achilles' comment. Uh, I mean, that's Daedalus true. is almost certainly fictional, um, or is as dubiously historical as the figure of Achilles, yeah. I think. Yeah. Right, but did by creating Achilles, how much of the associated structure of Achilles did Bridger then have to also create? Um like and it and uh Isabel Isabella? Isabel. Isabel. Isabel brings this up, like, oh, because you've been yeah. made real, do you think that means your gods are real? And Achilles says no, but I'm not as convinced as he is. Um the answer to that might might just be that, yes, when Achilles was made, these sort of required secondary powers of an Achilles, which are a bunch of different Greek deities, 
now also exist in some sense? Well, we have Patroclus. We have um, Thersites. Is that how you yeah, say Thersites. it? Yeah, Thersites. Yeah. Um, those aren't gods. Well, we did have the god Apollo, or an Apollo. Apollo predated Vidrach, though, in a way that Thersites and Patroclus didn't. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah? No, sorry, there's about to be yelling over here. Oh. Oh, maybe not. Okay, sorry, okay. never mind. Um, Let's uh, jump into this chronologically. I think that as we come up to yeah, um, we, we're Isabel's near the start. question. Yeah, we're near the start. Um, so they mentioned Porphyry twice in this chapter <laughs> in pretty rapid succession. Um, I, I really like Mycroft's like, ramble at the beginning about, um, I don't remember what happened these past ten days. Um, my mind's a hurricane. Uh, I remember the days of transformation right before the last ten days really well, but I don't remember these last ten days, and, you know, the reader's comment about, um, no, come on, what you remember are your two weeks, and I just, no, my two weeks are the storm. It's a very nice... It's a a really lovely exchange. Yeah. Uh, so they mentioned Porphyry twice, so I thought I'd give a little background on Porphyry. (laughs) Uh, Porphyry is a, a, a purple type of granite uh, that was quarried in uh, Egypt uh, for the in, uh, Roman Empire, uh, starting in about 15 uh, AD, um, and was used for a lot of monuments, and it was reserved for only the emperor. That's where we get Porphyrogene, right? Purple, purple born. Porphyry is an uh, Yeah, born to the purple, yeah. And the, the use of the purple stone in imperial buildings is where the uh, born to the purple comes from. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, huh, neat. I did not I did not know about the purple rocks. I, I, I thought I'd find something to say when I started that <laughs> sentence and it, <laughs> it, it it never happened for me. Um so then we get a little conversation between uh, Achilles and Mason. Um, Mason thinks that there could potentially not be a war. Achilles says he should probably be a little less optimistic about that. We get a little bit of what's the deal with Achilles. It's unsatisfying. Uh, when did Achilles go to museums? What do you mean? Like where in the chapter? He's now been to Troy and Mycenae. It's been like a month. No, it hasn't. It's been ten days. Oh, because this these are the events of April. Yep. Uh, how many days passed? There was a little bit of a gap. It wasn't a substantial one, but there's been time, even within this book, I think, for him to have gone and seen some museums if he wanted. Yeah, the, but only ten days. Um, it just it puts into question what have been Achilles' priorities these ten days. I think make sure you're real is a fair one to put near the top of your list. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I'd spend a good deal of time doing that. Yeah. We also see later um, that you, that Achilles is 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 not so excited. Does not necessarily think it's the best use of his time to go visit his dying children. Yeah. Well, they're on the. Where do we know where mm-hmm. they are? You don't know. They could be on the moon. The Utopians have be on the moon. If I was the Utopians and I had a bunch of priceless artifacts and I thought a war was about to happen, I would probably put them on the moon. 
what do we get after this? Uh, I, I like Mason the line. Handles. Um, Go on. Yeah. Uh, I like the line about um, they're all the uh, god Apollo's wars. Oh, yeah. You fought in Apollo's future war? Apollo Mojave's, you mean? They were all the god Apollo's wars. It is odd he would still say that, despite apparently the next day not thinking his gods are real. I don't... Well, he doesn't... Not, it's not that he doesn't think the gods are real. It's that he... Achilles thinks, cynically thinks, it would be just like fate to to make Achilles real, but not as gods. That sounds very. That sounds very much like the same thing. Well, it, it, it's it's a ma- it's a matter of bitterness, not a matter of necessarily prediction. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So the emperor then handles Patroclus, mm-hmm. and we get a, a lovely line of, "You don't need me to tell you what would happen." Um, if something happens to Patroclus. Probably not great things. Uh, Not great things. His pitch to Achilles here is not good. He says, I'll have the biggest army, and I'm not convinced Achilles needs the biggest army. Uh, We do get some really great character stuff about Mason here, uh, but Mm -hmm. I feel like Achilles could probably win this war with like 12 people and a stick. Maybe a, a, a wooden horse of some kind. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't take a lot. It's, um, it's interesting. To th- when, when I read the, the Iliad, it was pretty interesting. One of the things that Iliad does is it constantly um, gives stories of all the people who die. Um, it, and it doesn't, not, it stops doing that twice. So it stops doing that um, during Odysseus's. Oh god! And someone else's night raid, where two 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 Greeks, two Achaeans, travel to the camp of the Trojans, who've camped outside the the Achaean camp because they've made such uh, progress with Ach- with Achilles gone, and they massacre some Trojans. And none of the people there are even named. A lot of people there are just not named. Um, with Achilles, people are named, but they stop giving stories. They just say names dead, name died, name died, name died, name died. Um, which I thought was an interesting way to demonstrate the prowess of Achilles. I don't recall. Does uh, does Odysseus' night raid end with one of the two dying? No. Okay. Uh, they both make it back. That might be... Okay. Yeah, I'm not familiar enough to know that if this is the concept of the, the Aristea. Oh! The, like... The, like the Aristea? Like the play? Or... Uh, my vague recollection of the Aristea is that it's the, like, crowning, most epic moment for a given character, mm-hmm. often ending with their death? I don't quite recall. Oh, I don't, no, I haven't, I don't think it's a concept of Aristea. Um. Okay. I don't think it's the Odysseus Aristea, no. At least both of them make it back. Um. Uh, so I know that feasting in the Iliad and the Odyssey is a very formulaic process where they mm-hmm. they follow, you know, they, they like carve up the meat, they roast it, they eat it, they do all these things, and then they they very specifically wait to talk till afterwards. Um, yeah. And I, I looked that mm-hmm. up because I was, I was wondering if this had any parallels to mm-hmm. that. And it doesn't appear to, as far as I can tell. Um, they're eating while they're talking, mm-hmm. 
you know, there's a little bit of dissonance there where Achilles is is trying to water his wine mm-hmm. and realizes that's not how we do it anymore. Which is also, I, I thought we had a lot higher content alcohol than the ancient peoples did. This is a matter of course. I think that might be true, but you could also still have much... You could have substantially less flavor potential per unit of alcohol and still have a much higher alcohol wine. Yeah. I also don't know if it necessarily applies to wine as opposed to, like, a liquor, hard liquor. Yeah. I mean, you could you could conceivably make a wine that's essentially a syrup, right? Um, yes. And you'd have a very different result watering that down, even if there was, strictly speaking, less. like a lower yeah. ABV. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know enough about ancient wine to tell you that's what's happening here. I don't know. This could also be telling us stuff about future wine. I don't know either. Especially because like there's a part in the when the Odyssey where like um, Odysseus describes a wine and it sounds like he's describing hard liquor, but he can't have been because that's not a thing at that time. Hmm. Um, maybe someone will correct me about. Maybe maybe hard liquor didn't exist at the time, but I don't think so. I don't think they had distillation apparatus. Yeah at that point um we get some about we get background information on a few things actually mm-hmm. in this chapter one of them is how the familiaris work uh mm. oh right and we meet uh Jalio. yes is that how you say that have i been saying it's pronounced am i saying it have i been saying it wrong uh, that is my vague understanding of how you say Zhao Yo. Uh, say that name, or at least the first paragraph, and that is how the audiobook pronounces well, that's it. that's right then. Uh, here entered a rare creature, Martin's famous spouse, what I thought was pronounced Zhao Lu, because it ends with a U. The vowel, I don't know. I just have to look up vowels again. L-I-U, right? Mm-hmm. It could be a diphthong. But also, I guess I just sent the audiobook better than I do myself. Um, with pronouncing... Chinese. I'm I'm positive that I'm not pronouncing it correctly in in Chinese. Okay, there's probably like uh, some tones in this in there, but like the vowel sound. This this is the core question. I have a hard time pronouncing the like what is uh, romanticized as the the xi the 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 zhao sound. Zhao. Um, I just go for zhao, uh, like zhi. Uh, uh, in... Sorry, at the risk of, of pulling us back for a moment, yeah. I have a quote that I liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that I'm back on thinking about what's happening in the podcast <laughs> instead of dealing with a small animal again. Uh, before this happens, we get a little bit about the familiaris, and Mason goes on to describe how he feels about sort of himself and his empire and the familiaris position. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gives them their power... Uh, and he goes on to describe how, like, two days ago, his child died, and he really, really didn't like it. Mm-hmm. But he got super lucky, and somehow their child was brought back to life. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say, that power had its own reasons, but still it answered a father's prayer. I would destroy that power and the child if duty required it of me. A person whom I trust to share that duty should be prepared to forfeit their life should they betray me. And, God. Mason's pretty great. <laughs> Mason's pretty great. That's like the 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 like ultimate expression of duty. There is is really impressive. Like clearly, Cornell means it, he or is, is at least walking the walk. Absolutely, he's picked his side. He's sticking to it. Is this maybe a hundred percent? So you've talked about how um, 
you don't you don't quite understand the torture bit of the Masonic Empire uh, process of yeah. choosing the the, the, the emperor. I know Mason has how feelings about this, but I think this as an as a confirmation of the duty, uh, a confirmation of that that loyalty. Um, it may be a part of that, right? Be willing because you could like, you could just not be a familiarist, a, eh? or you could tell the emperor, "Hey, I don't want to be emperor anymore. Please stop." Um, <laughs> I ju- like again. My objection to the torture isn't that I think the goals are bad. It's that I just don't think it accomplishes them as well as they think it accomplishes them. Um, I understand what they're trying to select for. I'm. I'm just unconvinced torture is an effective way to do it. Well, what would what would be? I feel like it's a bit of a path dependence thing here, right? Like, if you were tortured to become emperor, you might feel like that's justified now. That, like, well, hey, if I had to do this, by darn, well, my it successor is, is going to have to do like, this. A hundred percent. That's because that's what the tradition is, and the Masons are about if nothing else, tradition. Um, but I just don't think it would uh, work, guys. I, I don't know. Um, I feel like there might be better ways to... Go call in a Brillist, right? Ask them. Who did it first? Because the Masons aren't that old. I, I have opinions about what reality is, and I I, I don't... Much like I don't buy by, by Jed, I don't buy the Masons. Um... So, okay. So- here's here's how I think it happened first. Um, that one person shows up and goes, "Hey, secretly the Freemasons have been an empire this whole time. Don't worry, guys. This is all true. Believe me." And then they got old. They had to pick a replacement. Maybe they didn't really like who their replacement <laughs> was. You know, they were clearly the person for the job. They just did not care for them. They said, "Well, ah, I know." by most ancient tradition I will now torture you for seven days and uh that it was it set in stone had to do it every time <laughs> maybe they were just a sadist could it also very much could have been in this story <laughs> and they just really didn't like their their likely successor yeah any you get to set the precedent if you're making up that you're part of an ancient yeah, civilization you really do you can do whatever you want yeah uh but no the Masons come across very well in this chapter, like they do in most chapters the Masons appear in. I I have had people tell me this book isn't just propaganda for the Masons, and I'm still not sure how that could possibly be true. <laughs> I feel like this, this series is also extreme propaganda for the Utopians. That's true. The Utopians seem pretty good. They, they come across, I mean, particularly given the audience of the book <laughs> of science fiction dorks, are probably going to root for the hive of science fiction dorks. I think you get so much of that as a baseline that I'm less prone to give credit for it. Like, I think if the Utopians literally hadn't made an appearance until this book, uh, what's the actual, because we kind of have rough ratios. I think you said like 70% of the audience thinks of themselves as Utopians or something similarly extreme. Most of the people who register a hive um, in the um, in the Terranova server are Utopians. I haven't checked since the New Year because um, any okay. P- give me the rough number. Like, what was it when you last? No, like seventy percent. Okay, I think if they showed up in this book, fifty percent 
would still be utopian. <laughs> Fair. Like, you'd get there, you'd hear, oh, and also there's a hive that's just science fiction fans. And 50% of people would go, there we go. That's the one. <laughs> Forget the other stuff. Well, we also get uh, Mycroft ranting about Yuri's Night in the next chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, yet another example of our, our narrator really selling the Masons, or selling the utopians here. Hmm. Um, so, Martin's spouse shows up. Mm-hmm. Apparently they're very thin. Mycroft makes up. I don't know why Mycroft was so focused on how they're thin, honestly. Uh, it seems like this is a reference to a thing I don't understand. My only... It feels like Mycroft is trying to say that they are physically female while gendering them as male. Because uh... they're amazing. That's what it that's what it comes across to me as because he specifically describes uh Jalio's neck as long and feminine. Long. I don't remember if he explicitly He calls it a lily among gallant rocks. A long feminine neck seems incongruous against the suit's broad shoulders. But he calls him a seducer. Yeah, I, maybe you're right. I think that, maybe that is what he's getting. I think at. there's also a chance that what's happening here is that Minecraft is making a really big deal of the fact that Xiaolu is Asian. Um, that too. Uh, I think the name was a tip off on that. Well, one. it's not just that Xiaolu is Asian, but Minecraft has it, it goes so far as to say that um, uh, by beco- by marrying Martin, by becoming a familiaris, Xiaolu is inviting labels outsider, seducer, stranger. Um, and you see that throughout these books that a lot of the trust that the Masons give out to people is awarded on the basis of personal connection, but also familial connection. Um, right? That, that The guild breakers. Yeah. They do have a family thing going on. Um, but apparently they're also pretty willing to accept people in, right? No. Like... Xiaolu is the, f- the first person who isn't a born Mason in four generations. What do you mean by in? Into the so, the, the, the Guildbreaker guild, uh, bash. What? No. Yes. Why would I be talking about the Guildbreaker bash? Uh, <laughs> into the Masons. Um, we find out what their enter procedure is, and basically it is only interested in whether or not you are committed to doing this. And if you put up with it for a year, I think the exact line is, no further deliberations are made. You simply are a mason now. I believe there were required courses on Masonic law as well as a prerequisite to the 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 year of debate. Look, but your point stands. But that's a whole year. I'm not sure other hives have a timeline requirement. That might make the Masons the hardest to join. Do we know what the comparisons are? I don't think we do. I think the implication is that all the other hives, you can just pop in and out of kind of at will. But I think that's the implication. Like, I can't imagine yeah, no, you couldn't just join... A, even when the Anonymous introduced, um, there's a line that says that the first intended Anonymous is... No, when... When... Um, Voka is introduced, it said that the essay in which the first anonymous introduced the word Voka is uh, part of the entry reading requirements of three hives. So three hives oh. have entry reading requirements at least. Maybe. Yeah, I, I guess I believe that. But we've certainly in the Renunciation Day speeches, we've heard of people flipping in like the space of a day and a half. No. Right? Um, in, out, in, out. 
uh, in the Noche de speeches, Spain leaves. No, I can't say that sentence out loud. I was going to say the sentence, Spain leaves Spain. Uh, but the king of Spain stops being a Spaniard, is what happens there. Yeah, but that was literally the day that the, the hive system was created. Yeah, that they... Like, I don't feel like we can compare meaningfully yeah, like, that is maybe what true. the hive requirements are now. That's, that's fair. I but also, we're... The, the, the thing I want to say is that Spain doesn't stop being European. In fact, the thing is that... that... Keep doing it. I the think king we're is... expected to believe... Mm-hmm. That you can pretty freely move around between hives in general. That's also true of the Masons. There is no country on this earth which allows anyone in on the basis of a year-long residency, right? I don't think that's true. I think you. I think you can get into Panama in a year. No, not with the money. With just being there and being being there a year. No money. Well, the, oh, then. I... I don't think there's a single country that you can you can get into with no money unless you're born there. Yeah. So just even the the Masons, even if they are the strictest uh hive requirement entry, are the most yeah. generous on um on the planet. Interestingly, the year long thing uh, echoes some things in um the first couple of French constitutions. Uh hang on. Let me let me pull this back a step. Because we're actually way off the point I was making with that, uh, <laughs> which was, uh, you're you're saying that, like I agree that the Masons seem to have like some some weird familial mm-hmm. line things going on. Like they have a word for someone whose family was not already a Masonic family, mm-hmm. so that has some implications. But um, it clearly doesn't extend to the degree that like they won't let you in unless you're part of a masonic family well no it's it's not it's not a matter of um it's not a matter joining the hive but joining leadership that's actually the distinction uh we know a lot less about that that's true mm -hmm. yeah and in fact what what we tell us what we know about joining leadership as distinct from joining the hive is that it'll let anyone who joins the hive anyone does the course for a year joins the hive but joining leadership is a lot harder you have to be a member of a family you have to be etc 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 I mean, it probably should be harder. Yeah, yeah yes. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's much more to do with, with, with family relations. That definitely seems like it could be true. Uh, definitely is true. But also, like, this could just be a, a Cornell thing. <laughs> if it's just a Cornell thing, uh, then why is the generation... Oh, I guess... No, if it's just a Cornell thing, why is the Gilbert, why is Andrew the first Gilbert to not be uh, well, from a could, Masonic family? In fact, that could just kind of have been a thing that happened. In fact, the familiarists can, yeah, we learned about the, the order of the familiarists can do this. Um, uh, Cornell wanted Apollo to be a familiarist, and the Utopian said, no, we're not going to let mm-hmm. you arbitrarily kill one of our members. Yeah. Uh, and so they made it the familiar Candidus position to, to for to include the someone who was not part of the family, who was in fact part of a different hive into this. What, hang on, not was not part of the family, was part of a different hive. Yeah. The problem with Apollo wasn't that he wasn't a guild breaker. I'm I'm redoubling the effect. <laughs> not not only is we're, Apollo not listen. Not only is a, we're closing in. Right on the amount of things you know that I don't know, I can see how many of them there are. <laughs> There's that many of them. 
And you say a lot of stuff really confidently that every week I get less sure is because you know something I don't know. And is instead just because you have weird ideas about these books. That just means that I, as a, as a complete series reader, can just start saying wilder and wilder things and there'll be no one to call me on. Yes, that is true. Um, the problem with Apollo wasn't that he wasn't a guild breaker, because, you know, uh... No, the, the, wait, the Mycro- problem... Mycroft is a familiaris from another hive as well, right? What's Mycroft's hive? Mycroft was Mycroft a... isn't, has never been a member of... Mycroft a was a child. He, he did this all as a minor. Okay. Mycroft but... is technically, yeah, Mycroft is a minor. So, he's still... He's still not the proper familiarist. He's the other thing, or is he a familiarist? No, no he's still familiar. It's classic. That's the uh, entire thing. Okay, perfect. So, Mycroft, I'm pretty sure. Like, maybe mm. there's a twist coming, but I'm pretty sure, isn't a guild breaker. Yeah. So the problem wasn't that he wasn't a guild breaker. The reason, like... Well, that, it was me. I don't know why you're introducing that element. Well, the element is that uh, familiarist, especially trusted people, and that Cornell has accepted two people. Cornell has opened now made... Minecraft, uh, uh, you can't like wiggle out of this so easily. Uh, Cornell has made two people who aren't Masons and who aren't part of the, uh, not necessarily part of the, the close knit, uh, prominent collection of dynasties that, yeah. that rule the Masons. Um, yeah, into out of five, <laughs> aren't Aldrin and Voltaire familiars? Candidus, yeah, yeah, there's like so that's four. I, I, we got a line early. Is it five or is it seven? There's a like a single digit number of familiaries that a bunch of them are from the family that's associated there with the ship in his there hive. There's not a single digit number. And then there's some others. There's no, there's like... There's less than a hundred, I'm yeah, sure. There's like, I think, I think, yeah, there's less than a hundred. There's like, there's like enough that everyone knows that someone could figure out from the fact that there's a servicer who's a familiaris, that the servicer is Mycroft. How many? Oh boy, where's where's my copy of the other book? Uh, I left mine in Canada. Um, while you're pulling that out, mm-hmm. uh, back in the actual conversation about war, mm-hmm. uh, there's a couple of points in there where they're talking about how war is stupid. You don't want to do the really dumb things yeah. of war, and they talk about what are civilians when you have no soldiers. Mm-hmm. And that just really brings up to me what the hell does a war look like? when you can get anywhere on Earth in two hours, mm-hmm. which kind of goes back to your comment about Achilles. Mm-hmm. You know, he could solve this war with 12 people and a stick. Um, how How is this war even going to go? How's it going to be fought, right? Um, oh, okay. What he actually says is there are only so many familiaris in the yeah. world. But, and all but Mycroft count, can or are accounted for. Yeah. So there's a small enough number that guards can be expected at all times to know where all of them are. Yeah. That's not that I many. I don't think there's that many. <laughs> well, given how few there are and how many we know that aren't guild breakers, I don't think this is a secret guild breaker club. I don't think... I don't think all familiar are guild breakers. I actually don't think that's true now. Because it's specifically noted, specifically arguing against the idea that Cornell is so interested in family. I'm saying, in fact, if it's the... Oh, am I still loud? Okay. Oh, because you're pounding the table again. Oh, no. Okay, let me let me restart that again. Um, I, 
I am not a... Can we... Yeah. Hang on. Can we just get you... Can I get you sent a shock mount for your mic? They're like $4. What's a shock... Is this a shock mic? No. No, it's the round Ooh. thing on springs. So, here's the microphone. And it's in like a, a loose thing. Mm-hmm. That if I hit this, it's suspended. Ooh, okay. Uh, sure. They're... They're not expensive, and you really do, now that I have started noticing since the ethics episode, yeah. have a tendency to get Bounty. physical with the microphone. <laughs> I don't ever touch the microphone, but I, I do, yeah. Pull, pulling a Khrushchev to illustrate your yeah. points. Okay, so your point is, if Cornell was just really into family, then he wouldn't have so many... Yeah, random familiaris that aren't one family. Okay, here's here's my admittedly slightly weaker counterpoint to that. Um, Cornell could just really be close with the Gilbreaker family. Okay, uh, no, but we also know not only are the Gilbreakers um, a lot of the current ones are familiar. We also know that um, all of all of the Gilbreakers are. Um, Children of emperors or or previous emperors or family of previous emperors, like they're yeah, that's a I, that's a much harder point for me to do anything. Very emperor heavy. We know. That, I, I think. Well, let's come back to this at the end of book three. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be right. Okay, we're we're actually right, really so... long into far into here, and we've only talked about the Mason conversation. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, the so there's short version of the war Do advice. Wanna... No, yeah, yeah, right. So gonna... he's told to make sure he has food. Mm-hmm. We find out algae is a primary component of the modern diet, <laughs> which I did not expect. <laughs> um, and then there's some riot going on mm-hmm. that seems bad. And he orders all the Masons to leave, and they do. Mm-hmm. Which is impressive, but I guess what you get when you're a dictator. And is I this think where he after says, that, flood the world with food? Yes. Yeah. No. He does. And this is the advice Achilles gives him specifically. Whereas he tells Kosala to do basically the same thing with medicine. Um, Mycroft leaves it up in the air whether or not he's giving everyone different advice based on their productive capabilities. Yeah. So the lines, flood the world with food, and the line about medicine... Think of the most you could possibly need. You need ten times that. Mm-hmm. Make everyone on Earth a field medic, and you'll still want more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I was listening to the audiobook of this at the beginning of the pandemic mm-hmm. quarantine. Oh. And, uh, boy, those, those lines hit hard. Particularly <laughs> since it was, it was right in the beginning of the pandemic when there was, like, grocery shortages. Mm-hmm. Uh... And, you know, those ended up being really temporary, but I ended up spending a bunch of time researching, like, how to buy a bakery. And, like, how do you store, like, uh, uh, food-grade flour in bulk? And it is it easier to do that than to, like, hoard previously made foodstuffs or something like that? I mean, not for myself, but for, like, a community. Yeah. In case like shit started going really awry, mm-hmm. um, I think this was in retrospect probably not the right thing to be listening to right at the beginning of the pandemic. I think the um, 
in terms of practicality, I think rice is the thing you can just easier it's easier to store and process than just grain because you you that just have sense. wheat. You need a way. You need oven. You need yeast. You need other things. Um, but you just need water yeah. and heat for rice. Yeah, rice is very stable. Uh, so long as it's been milled, I think. I think it needs to be milled because I think that the something in the bran can uh, go off. Hmm. Which is unfortunate. Brown rice is great. I had the same, like, let's have a 20 pound bag of rice for over a year now. Well, oh, it yeah. makes it cheap per serving, you know. Yeah. At the, uh, in, in February, mm-hmm. I ended up uh, going to a uh, restaurant supply store that I have access mm-hmm. to and got a, got a bunch of things and ended up not needing to leave our house um, and, you know, feeding a batch of, of three mm-hmm. uh, for, I think, the first five or six months of the pandemic oh, wow. before we had to go back out oh, again. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, we got real serious about it. Mm-hmm. You know, turns out that going to the grocery store isn't so bad and getting groceries delivered or whatever, mm-hmm. like, you, you don't need to be worried mm-hmm. about that. It's, it's all about the airborne particles, not about... Uh, uh, I always want to call it fumits, but that's that's dragon yeah. poop. Yeah, what? Not uh, foxites? No, fumite. Yeah, uh, fomites. Fomites. Yeah, turns out not the problem, but yeah, overprepared. Uh, okay, so we're talking about Kusala and WTF Mycroft. Oh, with with Kusala, uh, just sort of it just sort of smoothly moons uh, into Kusala. Yes, it is not clear which line stopped being a line said to Mason and which line was a line said to Kosova. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's going to continue mm-hmm. through this chapter, which, oh God, we need to talk about much faster. Um, <laughs> we still have a whole chapter to go after this chapter, in fact. So my notes on Kosala. Uh, we discover, uh, we can talk about the riots probably close to the end, so Tully is a nurturist now. That seems fun. Uh, and then we also get some information about set sets from Faust. Do we know Tully's a nurturist? Where? Uh, yeah, the language that was used was pro-nurturist language pulled from Tully's speeches. Because Tully, remember what Tully does, right? Tully, as part of uh, his, his quote-unquote anti-war speeches, uh, will phrase, will start giving reasons people could go to war and phrase them the most... Uh, Aggravating way, inflammatory, possible, yeah, yeah, inflammatory yeah. way possible, mm-hmm. for, it, both for one side and then the other side to give both people reason to be angry. I think he's picked the correct thing to to do that for for this yeah. world. Clearly, yeah. Apparently, but, the set set riots were kind of bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the closest thing they have to uh, a, a a a war. Yeah. Uh, the 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 exact uh, compare no. This is not happened yet. I'm going to talk about the strike. We also get from Kosala a really fun line when Achilles says, Apologies, lady. <clears throat> she scowled. I know my gender fetish is public knowledge now, but feigning antiquated chauvinism is not a fruitful shortcut to convincing me that you are what you say you are. <laughs> Which suggests to me that people have been trying this on Kosala for like the last 10 days in a row. <laughs> yeah. Pokasala. Oh, gross. Yeah, that's, oh. That's Just at, at every opportunity. So bad. Pokasala. 
and apparently it isn't working. So yeah, I can't imagine it would. Also, I mean, also just imagine the like the modern version of a politician saying this. Like, I know that my blank fetish has become public knowledge now, but whatever thing you're doing isn't going to get you on my good side by mentioning it. What you a, find out what someone. A, you what an awkward conversation. You find out uh, politicians are masochists oh, and you keep like hitting them on the there back. Are, like, there are so many great versions of that to suggest, but so few that I'm I'm willing to have to have on this podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, the the one that comes to mind is the pacifist politician, and you keep trying to clap them on the back or something, or um. Do we get anything else in the Kosala section? Uh, I, I don't think we do. Medicine. Uh, Kosala's trying to talk uh, Achilles into being a force for yeah. peace. Yes. Which is very... Oh, she also discusses how the cousins will be, and it, it she says something effective. Oh, well, when this stuff comes out, the cousins are all going to have to pretend that they're not nurturous, and then they'll feel bad that they have to pretend they aren't a thing that they secretly think is actually a great idea, and then they'll lash out at people. And I don't like the cousins. <laughs> they sound exhausting. Well, that's because you're a misogynist. Apparently. I... Again, thank God Ada Palmer was here to inform me, because I, I hadn't known until we started reading these books. Um, I think... I don't think I think it's the same thing cousins call it on, on this bit, right? What's what's happening is that um the cousins pretending if the cousins didn't pretend and just outright said what they believed, there would immediately be a war. Yeah. And so by, by pretending um, the cousins are like preventing a war, which is a good thing. Let's let's be clear here. Uh war is not great. Yeah, war is not great. It's better to be a hypocrite. Yeah, Except sometimes in like the war is scale sense of great. Yeah. Sometimes they are immense. Yeah, it, it, it's better to be a hypocrite than to, than to go to war. Like, this hypocrisy alone is not like enough of a moral outrage to, to go to war. Kosala is also asking to become, for to, to help shape the cousins into a, a, a combat yeah. force. To build an army. And that makes me think of your argument a while back, uh, uh, Liam, of the cousins must have the most police and legal actions mm -hmm. against their people. Yeah. Given that they have the strictest laws. That just, it just follows naturally. Um, at the same time, Achilles is trying to convince her, like, no, 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 no. You need to be the peace people and just be that and not fight. Do um, we know and that? Well, hey, they must have the most like lawyers or something or trials, but the maybe it's an automated computer that, system. That's what and, got and Carlisle, people just right? send in. Uh... Carlisle got yeah, yeah I turned think... in by his tracker. Like they definitely have the most punishments, but I don't think that means they have the most cops. Yeah. Okay, that's probably fair. So a bunch of social workers with guns. Yes. Um, that's exactly how I imagine a cousin police force is they're going to show up and like insist on having tea with everyone and do 90% of their punishments in like judgmental tones. Right. 
That, yeah, that's, and then, like, you it's know, all passive aggression. That's, that's still, the social workers are still backed up by force, right? Like, you have to sit down and have tea with a police officer who yeah. could, you know, stun gun you if you say no. Social workers with guns. Um, this is an amusing thing um, to say. Uh, we also find, at least by implication, that the Masons were pro set set. Apparently, it was the Masons and the cousins who were sort of facing off in the set set riots. Oh, and the Utopians were very pro set set. Are we close enough to this that we can talk about the set set revelation? Which one? The one Faust gives us. What about how set sets work? Did you miss this? Let's, okay, let's go in order. I mean, we're do isn't we have to go he through... next? No, Europe is next. Uh... Oh, I forgot he was even in this chapter. In fact, you're right. Uh, you, you're the, right. You mentioned him already. The, the we find out about yeah. the, the Masons being pro set set in the ne- in, in during Europe. Yeah, I can't call him Europe. I have to say. <laughs> to start going about Europe, also? Uh, we find out that um, that one of the reforms being proposed is that um, we they 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 want to make Spain a European empire. Yeah, uh, reform one Europe, one leader. Seems like a bad sign for Europe. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, Europe European empires, you know, have a history. Yeah. Uh, Spain, Europe's conscience, integrity, stability, monarchy. Europe needs an emperor. Are you sure we can't get that monarch on from the server? I mean, we have one person who's legitimately pro-monarchy we could reach out to to defend this monarchy to us. Uh, wait. You mean, like, the pro-Mason? No, the the proper monarch. The the literal monarch. No. No, we cannot. No. (laughs) At least not them. How many monarch? How many actual monarchists do you know? I know, okay, not ones who like actually think of like well, like anti democracy. It's like like having a monarch. Um, let's see. I knew someone who wanted a dictator, but not of what else? What else do I know? We're not having a president this. <laughs> no, because what's worse is going to happen. I know how that was going to go. They're going to get annoyed. You keep arguing with with them. And then get real yeah. passive aggressive. <laughs> okay. Uh, Sounds great. <laughs> Hang on, I think he's getting to the part where I might have a problem with it. <laughs> and then we'll like start like declaring different bits of your 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 presentation as a uh, as emotionally um, aggravating. Oh God! Did you guessed? Um, I don't think we've talked about this on air. We haven't. We interviewed someone. (laughs) So I made a bet that I couldn't get, uh, that I could get someone to try to explain their positions because they were like a full-blown lunatic. Um, (laughs) And we had them on briefly due to a five-hour series of misunderstandings. Uh, They wound up getting a copy of that recording. Uh, It was perhaps implied to other people who didn't hear all the context that I was going to unilaterally release it as a random episode, the actual show, not the Patreon feed. Um, And obviously I didn't want that to happen. So 
Instead, we've released it as neither, and uh, he spent the next two weeks constantly badgering me about it, so I'm, I'm frankly, I don't think I'm going to actually make that happen for him <laughs> at all. But one of his complaints to me is one I've never heard before. Uh, oh, I found the conversation. Oh, I know what it is. Uh, it was something to the effect of... The womanly one? The womanly one, yeah. I, I just want to find the actual line, because I've I've never been accused of of being too womanly in my emotions. Just not a great guy. Lots of lots of opinions. Um Jesus Christ, he said a lot of things to me, actually. <laughs> Okay, well, we're deep into this chapter, and I don't think this is going to make the... the yeah, let's podcast. not. Let's not get into, like... Yeah. Oh, God, we are an hour and a half in. Um, oh, God, okay. Um, yeah. I like that Eloise shows up, and... Uh, mm-hmm. it, wow, Mycroft is is being real thirsty. Uh, about the nun? Like, yeah. What? About the nun. Like, is talking about how Eloise is literally wearing a sack... And how incredibly erotic that is. What? Calm. Are you sure? Yeah. You, you go back a little bit. We're back in Kosala. Uh, Kosala calls Eloise, who is in Odessa. Do we have a page number? I'm looking at my ebook right now, so I don't. But if you search for the words Aunt Kosala. Oh, there. Uh, never was the letter of the law so meculously. Wait, what? Right? What's the line? What? Mm-hmm. Forty-six. Forty-six. Never was the law. Hmm. I think this is just intended to be a joke. It says, uh, "The world knew what forbidden habit lay beneath this sack of concealing gray, and the shapeless folds spurred one to imagine the more important shapeless folds beneath." Is that the line you're yeah, referring no, to? Yeah, no, it's not. That is the line I'm yeah, referring to. Yeah, this is not that thirsty. Oh, okay. It's Minecraft, so, and it's a nun, so it's thirsty. But it's not so obviously thirsty, uh, because most of his references about some of the sack aren't about, because Halloween's can't wear nuns' habits. They're about the church. Yeah, because you know, Halloween's... They're not about Halloween. Yeah, Halloween's can't publicly wear nuns' habits. So Halloween's has to wear something over the nuns' habits. And there's like a, another sack over another sack. And I mean, yeah. it is, it is Minecraft talking about a nun's habit. And we've learned before that not, Minecraft does, in fact, think um, that nun's habits are, are built to make one think of inherently sex. Sexual. Yeah, inherently sexual. Inherently mm. um, So it is thirsty. Let's not be wrong here. Let's not beat around the bush here, but it, it's not so thirsty. Um, I'm going to say. Da, 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 da. So. Uh, I don't have any other notes from Kosala. Okay, well, let's go to Isabel. Yes. So, uh, someone wants to make them emperor. Um, yeah. It turns out that there's going to be that there is a that Mitsubishi, in response to the um, the Odessa riots, has gone on strike. Uh, let's detail what's happening in Odessa, right? So, in Odessa, the mayor uh, has declared that. Uh, the, the proportion of land owned in the city must match the proportions of the population of the city. Um, yeah. Real dumb plan. 
dumb in what sense? I, I don't think it... In, in almost any sense you care to use the word. Not only are we on the brink of war and this isn't helping. Like, I don't think it's an effective... What is he accomplishing here? What does the mayor think he's getting out of this? What's, his, what's his end game on this land grab? Land, land, the land grab. That's the re-election, presumably. I mean, his people are angry. Everyone's really angry about the Mitsubishi. And he thinks that this will help? Or even just... Or that this will redress Mitsubishi ownership? Yeah, I think, I think, I think the, the end game is, in fact, the text of the law. It's not a very subtle law. <laughs> it is not a subtle law. Um, I think it's very plausible that, that, that they just... That the mayor wants land distribution and is willing to try to do it with the city powers. Which it turns out that there yeah. are cities, and they do have local laws. Yes. So that thing I, I thought mean, way back at the start was secretly true after which all. Which thing? Uh, that there were geographically bound laws <laughs> all over the place. I mean, we get this. We get the six tribe hand. Uh, the the six tribe. Uh, the six hive transit system welcomes you to blank. Mm-hmm. Uh, for uh, local laws not customarily part of your law code, please select law. Mm-hmm. We well, get that a lot, um, but it wasn't clear what exactly administered those laws. It turns out the laws are administered by cities. Uh... Uh, yeah, so with Mason, we find out that there are riots. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Kusala, we find out that in the mm-hmm. riots, they're burning down set set training facilities. Yes. Mm-hmm. And massacring people, maybe? It, it's, it's unclear. The, probably. The, the, the set sets are evacuated, mm-hmm. but don't know otherwise. Um, and then they, like, burnt with... out, right? The, 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 yeah. the runes of the set set training facilities are compared to, to Dresden, to... Wait. Dresden, New York, and Pompeii. Okay. Um, which is a lot. Because we know what happened in the last book. We find out that, that New York has been burned to the ground. The sky, the Manhattan has been burned to the ground. Um, yeah. After it was after evacuated. After it was evacuated. Uh, which is the same thing here. Okay, so... Uh, it's nice of them to evacuate everyone before they burn things down in this system. <laughs> well, it's a, you know, it's a more progressive world before they need places. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... And then, the strike happens. Yeah, and then with Spain, we we get an unnamed mm-hmm. aide because we we get a we get a uh, we get Zhao Yo for mm-hmm. Mason, we get Eloise for Kosala, mm-hmm. and we get an unnamed aide. But they're wearing European livery, but they bow like they're a subject of mm-hmm. Spain, which is sort uh, of mentioned concerning. Like, are they? If they're Spanish, it's just one thing, I guess, to bow your king. But if they aren't Spanish, it. It tells us how far this Spain as an emperor thing is going. Yeah. Hmm. They could very well be Spanish at this point. Yeah, they could. He did kind of show up with his own team. Yes. But his team was, yeah, like, his, not um, entirely Spanish. Pre-election campaign. <laughs> I'm pretty sure his team was just not <laughs> entirely sp- Pre-election campaign, wow. That's what yeah, we were talking about. That's what it was. That's what we were talking about a coup. Oh, we've been over this. <laughs> We do not have time to get back into it. Uh, governments okay, being so, in power is not a coup. The Mitsubishi all go yeah. on strike, and we learn about that Utopia went on strike over the set set mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. That, that, um, and that the language for health reasons considered my work on indefinite stasis is compared to um, to pirate sales 
to off with his head, uh, or Carthage must be destroyed. Oh, to something, Cato the... Cartago de Linda Est. Mm-hmm. Which is something that um, Cato the Elder used to say. Not Cato, Cato Udacensis, but Cato the Elder. I uh, used to say, end all the speeches with. Yeah, just apropos of nothing, <laughs> would just end a speech about, you know, tax policy mm-hmm. with, oh, and Car- Carthage much must be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Well, look. Someone had to do something. That's just your policy about everything, Liam. It's true. Carthage was sacrificing babies. Therefore, the Romans have to destroy them. That's the strangest criticism I've ever heard. My my policy about every problem is that someone should do I something. Say, I didn't say problem. I just say your policy in general. You like firm action. Um. Well... It is actually avoid the bystander problem. It is actually true that Carthage, like we we think it actually might be true that Carthage um, sacrificed babies. We found some evidence for that, um, but it's unclear. Well, that's that's a great transition into um, the abortion debate in the next chapter. <laughs> so I have great news. Mm-hmm. Um, I was concerned about the set sets mm-hmm. and how they might be murders. Mm-hmm. But Faust has stepped in, mm-hmm. and it turns out they aren't because they're abortions instead. <sighs> it happens before the baby is no, born. No, we had this argument before. Ethically speaking, we're in the clear. That's, we had this argument before. It's possible that the full sunset process happens over time, such that whenever it completes, whenever the sunset starts to be in person, happens when the when the uh, the the being is like sentience. I think that's just clearly not. Is it? We hear from Faust. Yeah, yeah. Based on the process we're hearing here, like they start doing brain manipulations. When the baby still has gill, or when the fetus still has gills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this just isn't, we're fine. Um, any developmental moral concerns that may have come into play here, I think we just don't need to worry I don't, about. I don't think that's true. Um... It happens for so long, but I, don't, I think you're overweighting how early it happens. It's one thing if they started it and if you just stopped it when there were two, but it happens for like years and years and years, right? Well, I think it's implied by the further conversation that most of that is just so that they don't accidentally turn into like people and start growing. Although I also think Faust might be wrong about set set training, which would be weird, because he directly contradicts Eureka about whether or not set sets are allowed to form relationships. No, no. Eureka um, says that she texted, that they texted uh, with their family. Um, Faust says yeah. that they're trained not to form too close relationships. Those are highly consistent yes. with each other. She's, but it does Eureka is clearly weight. at yeah. least friends with the Bash. He says no friendship. Nothing outside the script. So... I th- I don't know who I should believe here. That's an excellent question. I mean, I think these are all interpretations, right? I mean, uh, uh, Eureka less so. Um, they characterize their relationship with their family as strong and mm-hmm. fine and normal, but it's also the only relationship that they had growing up. Carlisle, uh, or Mycroft puts in Carlisle's head, uh, or in Carlisle's mouth, that like, oh, well, they didn't have, you know, slumber parties or pillow fights as a kid. Um- Therefore, mm-hmm. therefore, the relationship 
must not be as strong mm-hmm. as as otherwise. Uh, in in addition, this also, by the mm-hmm. way, uh, bodes poorly regarding the argument I had with Johnny, a recurring guest. Yes, I was uh, gonna say. Uh, so. Yeah, I need to spend some time really rethinking the Jed mm-hmm. thing. The in the womb stuff strongly persuaded me when it came out, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. it turns out that is just not evidence, and that they totally can do womb things to children. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how I need to reweigh my thoughts here quite yet. I like the the term that Faust uses. Um... They're just clockwork tombstones testifying to past infanticide. Sure. I think he's overselling it. We've, well, I don't know. This, is a, this is a very nice, very rhetorically nice speech. Let me be clear about what's, what's nice about it. Um, and we find out some... Not, we, so you're complaining about um, uh, the... Uh, you've been complaining about the numbers. Um Yep, and I haven't pulled out my. I, there's a, there's a combinatorial argument which I didn't make, um, which is a to, to, because it turned out not to be true later, um, here. But the, the we learn that there are a lot the four few hundred um, there are two billion possible uh, theoretical sets. A few hundred are common. Sure. A further thousand are reasonably common, uh, which is like a lot of possible ways people could be. Sure, so there's about a thousand personalities. Yeah. A few thousand. That feels low. That's seen, if, I feel like if that was approximately true, uh, psychiatrists would have just listed them by now. Well... Like, a thousand is not actually that many things. It's possible we can't know to distinguish them. We confuse them with each other, let's, right? Let's like, characterize it. But look at the thing. Mm, nah. Let's, let's ah. characterize it this way, right? So, like, what Brillism is in terms of its set mm-hmm. of numbers is defining, a, uh, you know, however many numbers mm-hmm. there are, those number of axes, mm-hmm. and then testing and categorizing people along those axes. And what the Brillist proposition is, or the Brillism proposition, is that that combination of numbers or measures along those axes is sufficient to have some kind of predictive power. Oh, it's, but the reason why I didn't get the common argument because it, because we learned that it's a far li- more limited set of numbers, right? So that, the argument you gave, you can use to estimate the number of, of personalities and it's 20 to the number of digits. Um, there are... Yeah, it's a, it's a large number. Eight numbers, digits. There are... I think there are nine. Nine, no, there are eight. I just counted. And the numbers go from one to twenty? One to twenty-one. Um, I don't remember the highest one I've seen. I think it was twenty-three or something. So let's say... But save, keep it safe, just twenty-one. We, we get evidence of that in this chapter. Uh, and let me get my log. Um, and and Liam, what is it that that... Faust has done with his magical brillism that makes you so skeptical. There are... Uh, that, that makes you feel that brillism is so incredibly powerful that doesn't match how it's described. Actually, this chapter uh, pretty substantially improves my view of the whole brill thing. Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. Not because of that number, not be- that there's like a hundred common personalities uh ludicrous um i'm even more upset at that 
what actually what actually helped here is that I'm now coming to the conclusion that Faust is intended to be borderline supernatural in his understanding of people, and I just no longer think that that is how the Brillists are intended to... I don't think Faust is supposed to be representative of, like, your classic Brillist in the same way that, say... Uh, Jehovah is not supposed to be representative of your classic minor. Oh, um, okay. Yes. Like, I think Faust as a character... Uh, he's specifically called out as, as a, a superb reader of people in this. Yeah. I just think that's like, he's 200 times better at that relative to other Brillists mm-hmm. than I was yeah. right. reading. Like, what I thought this book was trying to tell me was that yeah, there's like nine. You memorize 100 facts, right? And then you can look into a crowd of people and you'll just know everything about all of them. You only need to think of nine numbers at a time to grasp the inner workings of any stranger's mind. And that I do not. I object. Um, yeah. yeah, and Faust is figuring stuff out from apparently micro-expressions of Achilles's. Um, or Mycroft. Uh, I do want to mention um, mm-hmm. when. Uh, uh, so the, so the, the distinct accuracies, there are 10 digits in the possible number of. Um, if you just restrict on the basis of each one can be up to 21 and there's eight of them. Uh, and there's only 2 okay. billion possible developmental sets. So there must be further restrictions on the sets. Sure. Restru- restrictions in terms of how many sets there are or restrictions in terms of like possible combinations possible Possible combinations it's just like less than there are combinations of of those numbers um not a lot less but less i I think that is a lot less if somebody was like close to zero across Mm -hmm. the board you know they they may not survive into adulthood yeah yeah um but but yeah my and look it I'm glad you didn't make that argument because I would have found that argument deeply patronizing. It's not that I don't understand how num- <laughs> how like combinations of numbers work. <laughs> I'm aware it would be a large number of potential combinations. Uh, that just fundamentally wasn't the thing that was upsetting me about the Brillist claims. Yeah, yeah I guess you uh, just assumed there was a linear combination. Yeah, I think it's probably highly nonlinear in terms of like the meanings of the combinations, yeah. Well, and that that was all... I just don't think that's all they need. Um, because of the, like, two dozen not-set-number things that Faust uses to do his mind-reading in this chapter. Uh, and yeah. he never, like, Achilles. just says, Hey, Achilles, you're a 17 21 three, five, five. I noticed this uh, yesterday. Not... Well, we, we, we know that Faust apparently is not allowed to release uh, set-numbers. It also probably doesn't want to be aggravating in our conversation to someone, to two people who don't know what that means. I was going to tell you a set. What does that mean? You don't, who what? knows? Wait, he... what makes you think that Faust would be unwilling to aggravate people He's in done conversation? this before. <laughs> He's <laughs> To someone? He has pointed, he has been talking to Cray and pointed at someone and gone, look, it's a two eleven twenty nine fifty six. How cool is that, huh? No. Oh, you don't know what that means? Interesting. 
<laughs> I think it's less productive in this conversation than it is in other conversations. Um, I like that Faust was convinced that Achilles is who he says he is because he walks through a door like a centaur. That's yeah. pretty great. Yeah. And that that I'm in for. If that's who Faust is, uh, cool, okay. And if the Brillis in general are weird brain mages, sure, but not making the bizarro land claims that I've perhaps been attributing to them this entire time, okay. Um, and also I was wrong about the brain baby thing, so I'm gonna gonna try really hard to be more pro Brillis moving forward. <laughs> um, apparently Brillis have a bunch of data. Um, a lot of people end up wanting to, to study Achilles. Obviously. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, hey, my people, both Gordian and the um, Utopian of the study Braille, who are both the people who are both interested right now in uh, becoming roots, becoming the foundation of the, of the rest of the tree. To use yeah. our Jehovah's. And it's a good thing he skipped Ancelot, because I have to assume the humanist would make him do, like, a bunch of push-ups. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, and then after him we hit Utopia. He's in an alliance with Utopia. They give him a Back coat. Back up a sec. Do we, do we have any suspicions why Achilles doesn't go to Ancelot? Yeah, so... Faust does. I have... Do we? I don't... <laughs> Uh, maybe it's because of Sniper, so it's possible that, much like the Dominic thing, Achilles mm-hmm. thinks of them as, like, the enemy, but... Um, uh, Ancele, I just, re- I just realized a potential one. Ancele let themselves be seen leaving the prison where Occam was. Oh, sure. And the previous chapter ends talking about how the media is going to be following him now for the next few days, leaving the ability for other people to move around relatively unseen. Mm-hmm. So maybe... Oh, that, maybe it was a plan. Literally, Ancele is letting Mycroft and um, Achilles go visit all these leaders. Especially because Mycroft is like... I don't think that timeline works. No, it either. does. Uh, the human dignity happens on April 8th, and... Is if the spark happens that Ethan ninth, and he starts out this chapter talking about how, giving the preface of how he skipped everything in the ten days leading up to Ansele, mm-hmm. implying that this happens. That implies to me, I guess, that this happens immediately after. Oh yeah, you're yeah. right. Okay, sure. Yeah, that's interesting. That's good. Yeah. All right. Okay. Oh, dear, I almost fell off. Plausible. My chair. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. No. I, I like that. That is a viable explanation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Faust is upset about the set sets. Faust seems too upset about the set sets, frankly. Um, but I guess people are weird about murder in general. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, well, compared you said it wasn't murder. I think it isn't, but I some people are some people are anti-abortion on those grounds. I understand their arguments. I just think they're wrong. Similarly, like I understand what Faust is saying. I just think he's incorrect as like a matter of the facts in terms of whether or not we should consider babies to be like part of the social contract. I just might. I mean, that, uh, but again, has it been clear to, mm-hmm. Go on. has it been as clear to the two of you that like set sets are, are a proxy for the, the abortion debate since like the chapter where Carlisle meets Eureka. 
Because that's what it's always read to for me. That like, hey, here's a futuristic version of the abortion debate. Not um, until uh, me... this chapter. Yeah. I think... Where they make it really clear that it's infanticide. Im- importantly different from the abortion debate. The uh, the people we're talking about are just like around here. <laughs> the potential victims are alive and happy. Well, alive. And happy. But like, they're talking. They're not like, not here. I, I think I may have picked up on it sooner if I hadn't at the time thought that set set training started when you were like, born. <laughs> or a, Or an infant. Right? Mm. Um, oh, I'm going to do the reread, and there's going to be 12 times when they mention the Brillists doing stuff in the womb, <laughs> isn't there? That's all things always go. I don't think so. Uh, I mean, they, eh, no, I don't think so. Uh, I think they mentioned there's some longevity things that happen to uh, natal infants. Yeah, I think, I thought those were like drugs. Or gene treatments, not necessarily. They're, yeah, they're drugs and gene treatments. They're not, you know, microsurgery on the brain or something. Yeah, and that's what it sounds like set-set training begins as, is you're literally, like, poisoning this chunk of the brain, because that's going to be the one that carries love. Um... <laughs> Sorry. So the utopians. So the utopians. <laughs> the structure of this chapter is really interesting. The meetings with the other hives are meeting with the leader. You see an assistant show up and interrupt mm-hmm. them. And then with Faust, it's, it drops into dialogue. Mm-hmm. And then they meet the Utopians on the beach. And they're, they're spoken as a... Like, the, the prompts mm-hmm. are literally, Utopia mm-hmm. says this. Mm-hmm. Um, even though there's one, two. Well, we've we've actually three, seen this four? pretty consistently with utopians when they do this sort of play thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really often presented as speaking for utopia as a whole. Mm-hmm. Like that's sort of a stylistic choice we get about utopia, and the conversation with. Mushi at Madame suggests that maybe that's because they literally, all of the Utopians are tuned into this conversation, and they are in fact mm. speaking as a group. Oh, okay. Interesting. Oh, right. Yeah. Because we know that's literally what happened at Madame's. Well, this could just be the most important thing happening for the entire hive. We know at Madame's that Mushi ref- contacted a lot of other people in order to get more information or more terms or whatever. We don't know it was literally all the hive. It could be that there's like some sure. support constellation behind Mushi. And it's a Mushi and a love. Maybe. When I say all, I, I don't mean all in the sense of like if you had a census. Every utopian down to the last man would be tuned into the. <laughs> I just mean that like it's in a. It's the most active thing in their internal communication threads, mm-hmm. right? This is where everyone who cares is tuning in and participating in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, though I could just be wrong about that. We also find out, here's the thing that made me worried, I just make shit up. Um, the toys are not dying after two weeks, a fact I was deeply confident of. <laughs> and they're dying after an inter- indeterminate amount of time, and slowly. Why did I think it was two weeks? I don't weeks? know why you thought it was two weeks. When did I start thinking it was Pretty two weeks? recently. 
specifically two weeks is pretty recent. You did think it, that you needed to be realignment pretty often. But not two weeks. And the number two weeks is... Yeah, I don't know, I don't know where that specifically came from. I'm, I'm trying to rack through my brain. And I also didn't expect them to fade so inconsistently. And not just to, like, snap and become a doll again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So that's on the way. Presumably based on this, things aren't going great. Yeah. There's no real long-term survivability plan mm-hmm. here. If you put a immortality potion on one of mm-hmm. them, would it work? Who knows? Is there one? If Bridger didn't make one, then I need to restate a key thing from the end of the last book. Bridger is the worst. He could have done so much more. Fucking Bridger. I didn't think I'd have the problems with that character that I wound up having with that character. Um, For a long time, you thought they were developmentally disabled. I'm still not convinced they weren't. I mean, the only people they ever saw were were Cato, Thisbe, and Mycroft. Oh, and and End of the science Achilles. club. Okay, yeah, there were some kids in the science club, but boy, Bridger must have been the weird one there. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Or Bridger. Oh wow, and you know, they put them in Cato's science club. Yeah. Cato, the like, the death master <laughs> of science. <laughs> Is who they had teach Bridger. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we got that little note about Bridger going up the space elevator mm-hmm. and releasing a school project, mm-hmm. right? He releases a little robot that picks up space debris. That was highly specific, and my brain has been churning on it since I read it just because of how specific it is and the fact that I see no reason Bridger couldn't have miracled a, a toy satellite that he made. He, Well, it would be cheating. Do you think Mycroft would teach Bridger to cheat? Why would it be cheating? Have it be a toy that he made? Because he's well, literally it was a science project. going to call... Look, using magic in Science Club is cheating. I, this is <laughs> a hill I will die on. Great point. All right. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm satisfied. Okay, so there's four utopians on the mm-hmm. beach. Uh, we get Mushi Mojave, mm-hmm. which is which is great. Um, it makes me wonder why Mushi. Uh, Mushi is an entomologist. Yeah. Is this a reference to the Myrmidons? Honestly, I just think Mushi is an is a utopian who's been kind of tied into what's going on. Okay. Which is also why the... I think Aldrin is there. That definitely just... makes sense. They know uh, what's the deal, and we get the uh, the the cloak of storms, the the coat made of all storm and darkness, and somebody who, who has ships who I don't believe we've seen before. Oh, we get five, um, right? Yeah, five. Mm, yep, Mushi, Mushi, Aldrin, Aldrin. Uh, the monster ocean, monster ocean, the ships, ships, storm and darkness. Yep, and then storm and yep. darkness. Yeah, so there are five. Um, okay. And there's a brief conversation, and nothing important happens in it because Mycroft isn't allowed to hear the important stuff. Yes. Achilles sides with the Utopians. He's still probably going to side with someone else who will then implicitly support the Utopians. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's given a Utopian coat, 
the specifics of which uh, I'm sure are a reference to something. Uh, From the Iliad, yeah. What? But I don't know what, because I haven't read uh, that in a very long time. We uh, probably should have. We should have started our bonus episode background reading much, much earlier. I thought you. Uh, I yeah. thought you had read it more recently. No, I read the Iliad when I was like twelve. Oh, that's a long time ago. Hmm. Yeah. So Achilles has two sets of armor in the Iliad. The first one was made by Daedalus, and the second one was forged by the gods. I don't think it's armor. What Achilles? I don't think I mean, his no, coat is Mycroft armor. Makes, Mycroft makes a whole bunch of references to Apollo's coat being like armor in a very like when you defeat a foe, you carry, you take his armor. Yeah, no, I it, sure. I just don't think Achilles' coat makes armor because if it did, the description of it doesn't make much sense. The, um, Hephaestus's shield has a nowhere. Hephaestus's shield is what? a is like a bunch of like. Cities of people being happy and dances and temples. It's a nowhere. Oh yes. Um, if anything, it's going to be that. Um, what do we get? Uh, the hero groped a bit before touch let him grasp the gift, and a few shimmers betrayed hints of substance as it unfolded. As spiders' threads catch the sunlight for a moment, then vanish again into invisibility, so glints flickered around Achilles' lithe, athletic form as he twisted and stretched within the gift. That doesn't sound like armor to me. That's just that's just a coat. Why? Yes, but the the metaphor has already been made. Yeah, no, I'm it's saying. a metaphor for armor. Yeah, but yeah, what is the actual? What is the thing that the coat is actually? Depicting? Oh, if I was gonna make a guess. Um, oh, because I don't think it's, it's armor. Be, if I was, if oh, are dancing. you just saying? Yeah, obviously. And <laughs> Immediate switch. <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> going from of course not to of course yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a very Liam thing to do. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, Uh, the coat is physically protective in some way, (laughs) but that's not the interesting thing about utopian coats. What are you two on about? uh, No, I had something more than that. Uh, I was saying that um, Achilles' armor in the Iliad, the second set of armor, um, which Patroclus loses the first, is forced by Hephaestus, and the shield... Uh, has a depiction of Greek of 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 idyllic Greek life. What are the hints yeah. of substance? Yes, that's the what the substance are. That the uh, uh, Achilles nowhere will be the idyllic Greek life. That's my claim. That's my claim here and now. Okay, so what this tells me is that we don't find out in this book. Is it? Does it? Probably, because you're you sound very confident <laughs> when you say this. Which makes me think it's probably an actual prediction, and you're not just spoiling me as we speak. Um, but it must come out in book four. And no, that's ludicrous. Look, if it's anything, it's, it has to be something only, so like, I don't know. It's utopians. Uh, it's utopians maybe it's the when wearing river. utopian coats that Shit. have... Which river was he dipped in? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I forget. Um, Akron? <laughs> One of us um, must not believe. Um, sticks. The sticks. That doesn't happen in the Iliad. Sticks. Yeah. Uh, there we. That'd be. That would justify hints of substance, right? His armor is just the river that he was dipped in that made him invincible. No, um, it's just. But it's just invisible. We don't see. Uh, you've got me everyone, saying yes. armor now. 
damn you. Of everyone His we cult. see wearing Griffin cloth who is not a utopian, mm-hmm. none of them have a utopian world. I think uh, I think it's very clearly implied here that Achilles is is becoming a utopian. We'll, obvi- we'll add a spoiler warning before that line yeah. comes out. Okay. But we can't cut it from the show. Uh, so yeah, anyway, I guess yeah. I still stand by all that stuff I said. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Utopia has a war plan yeah. that is not just Apollo's war plan. Yes. And Mycroft knows some but not all of it. Mm-hmm. And then they send Mycroft off to have their secret war discussions. Yes. Uh, Mycroft is sad because he doesn't have the strength of character to not tell Jehovah things. And then we move on to the fourth chapter, mm-hmm. which... We're going to have to go through a little quicker, I think. So, uh, we open with Saladin doing his Saladin mm-hmm. thing on a group of mafia people. Mm-hmm. Get a little more of the crime side of the world. Not just mafia, like, um, but I think it's implied these are Yakuza members. They could be. They're specifically a Japanese organized crime gang. They, yeah, they, they, they definitely could be. There, there's some words. sort of vaguely organized criminal criminal organization. They've heard stories of him because he's been going around doing murders for a long time. Um, he eats someone in this chapter and apparently eats very loudly. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry to say I no longer like Saladin as a character. <laughs> um, because he's slurping his food? Yeah, that's not acceptable. Deliberately. He's uh, not definitively eating a person. But, but moral... Here's, here's why I think you're wrong. Um, if I were to be Saladin, right, and I knew, hey, I want to freak these people out by eating meat, why not it be a person? That's, that's, a, that's a good argument, but, uh, yeah, no, all right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, because I think it implies in here that, like, the meat maker doesn't make bones. Yeah, it came from an animal. So it was definitely a living thing that he mm-hmm. killed. Mm-hmm. And then didn't um, clean very well, because apparently he left the blood in, which is not a great choice. That's not, yeah, that's not really what drips out of meat. Is it cooked? Do we know if it's cooked? It's not. It's specifically it... not cooked. Oh. So must be blood. And I think, I think, well, there are other liquids that could come out yeah. of meat, but I think the implication here is that it is literally blood falling out of, like, a, blood. A veins or arteries or whatever. And... You know, from like a cooking standpoint. You're gonna standpoint. hate me for the next sentence. I'm gonna say the sentence, the phrase, meat rich drippings echoes uh, Dominic's pets. Oh, yeah, yeah. <sighs> well, there you go. Definitely blood then. Well, okay. <laughs> Thematically, now it has to be blood. <laughs> Mincy's is 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 blood, but isn't just blood. Sure, but this, well, this isn't, isn't the, just the conversation blood. that we. I don't think this is the conversation we want to have. That your your readers are signing up to this podcast yeah, for? Yeah, that's fair. Um, Listeners, I hope. People should not read the transcript of this. We're, it's going to be even worse than <laughs> the transcript. There's no transcript, not yet. Not until I get the auto-transcript thing running. You haven't been doing I've been that? trying. I thought this happened months ago. I've been, on my, I've been busy. And my voice is weird. If you Look, if you just upload the podcast to YouTube... Um, I don't think I trust YouTube. I, I know YouTube reads me very well, because 
there's that other podcast mm. I have that's on YouTube. I don't... And the transcript is pretty much bang I, on. I don't trust YouTube for me. I know I talk weird. Uh, have you tried? No. Do you realize it would be like a 10-minute... No. I guess... Mostly I inactive time. Some audio from us to YouTube. A YouTube channel. We're going to have a YouTube channel soon. Let's hope they don't ban us like Facebook did. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> You got banned from Facebook? Excellent. Yeah. Good yeah. for you. Uh, for putting up content. We were trying to... For putting up content warnings, too. It's it's really bad. That's definitely why. Wow. Yeah. Because if you look at our episode descriptions, uh, th- the word rape is in all of them. Not all of them. And... Only like a third. Oh, okay. That's better. It was in the ones we were... Yes. We tried yep. to market yep. to people. Um Maybe I should have picked different starter episodes. We also got banned because anyway. there's a reference to sex dolls in one of um, the descriptions. I stand by that. <sighs> I made the reference. So here's a thing that I'm confused by that happens in this chapter. Saladin does his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I know some people are weird about uh, Bone Marrow. And this this chapter has given you a, a poor impression of it. But Bone Marrow is pretty delicious. You should You should try it. If you get the chance, highly recommend it. Um, I recommend it cooked, cooked rather than raw. Yeah. Yes, or in a in a nice stew, mm-hmm. can't be beaten. Um, Mycroft somehow hides inside of Saladin's Apollo coat, and I don't understand how. Did Mycroft die in the war simulator, and he just never told us? This is how he's breaking the news. I don't think. I don't think that. Uh... So he's, I don't think that the coat, the coat isn't going to show Apollo on the outside of his coat, right? Right. It shows oh, people who are behind yeah. the coat. But we've seen Mycroft, like, pull the coat, pull himself into the coat, and he's still a person. No. The reason it didn't show Apollo is because Apollo died. But now he's in a harness, which is a great image, by the way. <laughs> Saladin with Mycroft, not only Piggyback. piggybacking, but in like a baby harness, strapped to his back. <laughs> oh boy. Somebody needs to illustrate that yeah. now. Yeah. Um, this scene is weird. Um, I, I, I agree that that particular image is hard to imagine, and puts a little bit of extra dubiousness on is Saladin real? No. Like, I know we've had a scene where Saladin is present and talking to, to you know, Cornell and Madame and mm-hmm. everything, but, but the fact that this was called out again as, oh, you know, people here doubt that Ghost is real, mm-hmm. and this almost feels like, oh, it was Mycroft the whole time, and just, like, Saladin, like dips down twirls and mycroft is there or something is yeah. how it's described and that's how my how i initially read saladin and he's called ghost right like right a lot of it is unsubtle but there's been so much physical evidence of saladin that's been confirmed by other characters i mean we're getting it all from mycroft so but it's, the other it, but at that point it's good but papadalius had his realization and signed off on it in the previous book. Yeah. I guess the main thing. The main thing is that Papadilis was told 
Pobilius is shown being told and believing, and Pobilius is like, no, this is good. And then doing stuff about yeah. it. Or Papadilius is willing to lie about that. For what end, though? Then you... I have no idea. I can Him. come up with no reasonable justification for that, so I and do Cornell, not think that is and the case. Madame. I can imagine Cornell and Madame. Like, don't get me wrong. Cornell and Madame uh, are, people, are people highly willing to, like, try to make it seem that Minecraft is, like, insane. To, like... Yeah, maybe. maybe. But Papadilius, but I think, is they're too, telling... too proud to, like, lie about. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly about having been yeah. fooled for 13 years. And then who took Bridger into, like, the lightning? To the safe house, yeah. And, like, there's so many things that have added up. Mm-hmm. I love the idea that Saladin could not be real. And I do yeah. expect that when Saladin dies, <sighs> we probably won't hear about it when it happens. Like, I'm very on board that we may get several chapters of Saladin just hanging out and quietly not interacting with other characters for a little while until it comes out later that, oh, Saladin died when that thing happened. But right now, I, I don't, there's been too much. This chapter is excellent in the audiobook. Ooh. Oh, was this uh, the one? This is the one that I was, I was hoping I could get y'all to listen to, but I didn't, I didn't get that organized uh, in advance. Um, it's a it's a good chapter, mostly because Mycroft, the narrator, is really selling Mycroft's relishing <laughs> of being the bad guy. Ooh, nice. He does seem to like it. Um, there's also a wonderful section in the last chapter, literally one word, where Achilles says, uh, but so-and-so is not your, your biggest problem right now. Oh, what is? Rage. And he gives the he delivers the line the same way that Jerob, uh, Jacob uh, uh, Derek Jacoby mm-hmm. does at the beginning of his reading of the Iliad. Oh, oh, that's nice. Which was a a lovely little moment that when I listened to the the Derek Jacoby uh, version of the Iliad, I was like, oh, okay, he was referencing that. Um, if you want to listen yeah. to the Iliad while doing other things or something, highly recommend the the Derek Jacoby. For, for context, I don't know all the listeners have, 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 have read the Iliad. So the, the first lines of the Iliad are seeing all muses of the rage of uh, Achilles, of Peleus' son. Uh, and so rage is like just in the first line. That's awesome. I've wanted to listen to the books now. I have an Audible somewhere. I think I have some of the books on there, too. Um, Okay. Um, I have fewer notes for this chapter, but basically what's happening is that they're setting up sort of the underground to do backdrop support for the war, which is probably a good idea. Mm -hmm. And putting really reasonable controls on it, of like, no war weapons... Mm -hmm. Uh, 1% or 2% of food stores and 1% of medical supplies. Mm-hmm. Don't sell it to our enemies, most mm-hmm. of it. Sell it to, you know, b- bashes. Mm-hmm. Um, all pretty reasonable stuff. Also, there's a black market transportation network for human trafficking? Yeah. Was that what they, they said? They said, you know, yeah. for human trafficking is the exact line Saladin says, um, which is sort of concerning. Um 
black laws. I don't see that's less concerning. Also, there's reservation. Like, yeah. I, mean, I don't know what. What, what, do, what do you mean it's concern? We, I'm, I'm none surprised that there's human trafficking going the, on. Human trafficking is exclusively in black laws. Yeah. I don't believe that. I don't think that's true because they can still call for help. Otherwise, you're breaking the black. Well, but the help okay. is like specifically. Yeah. So. Yeah, if you want help from being kidnapped, you have to become yeah. gray law. Um, okay, so I'm going to pause here and let you know that I know none of that because none of that has been explained. Damn it! No, uh, that happened. <laughs> no, that happened uh, in Chagatai's. Oh, I did yeah. know that. I forgot about Chagatai. Yeah, we find out about Chagatai. Um, Chagatai, even at, at Chagatai's. Um cousin who stayed off our yeah. right and they said they could ask for help but they decided not yeah. to because they were a good yeah. they were committed to their cause yeah. okay great <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sympathetic to the fact that this must be getting harder as I know more because you can no longer just remember all of the facts that I happen to already be aware of <laughs> mm-hmm. I fully have to like I, I started just like trying to. I, I I only say things that I know where in the book they happen, even if you haven't like realized them, um, because then I can just like no look it happened on this such such a line, um, yeah, which usually works. But as historically knows, hasn't always for me with the um, Mycroft's killings with specifically the Marty specifically murders. The yeah, modern you've been, you've been surprisingly bad about those relative to everything else. <laughs> Which has mostly been fine, and then well, that one we, topic every t- every chance you get, you make a mistake. Because we always we 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 like the Marty murders are always just like given in little bite sized chunks when they're almost inappropriate to to yeah. explain. Um, so like it's really hard to place where you find out that he you know vivisected Mercer yeah. and you know left somebody else a limbless torso. Uh, in the Arctic, I thought the one uh, in the Arctic had. I, I might the be Arctic was the one who was two. supposed to kill themselves because they were like a sand. Yeah, Ken Marty was in the Arctic. Ibis was torso. Um, uh, I part of it is that I have the Marty murders are particularly effective on me, and so in my head, this one solid thing is even separate from the book. Hmm. That's unfortunate because you're you're doing this show with <laughs> me, and I feel like they're not particularly effective on me. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like the books overall didn't impact me the same way, because when you find out that Mycroft is, like, a cannibalistic murderer, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's okay, that's our narrator, go on. Yeah. Like, I've I've read a lot of weird fiction. Like, I, I mean, it, just read God Emperor of Dune, and, like, yeah, he's the worst person to have ever existed. And what does he do next? Um, Okay. Yep. Due to the time, I have one last mm-hmm. note for this chapter, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a good one. So I'm pretty sure that the, the leather collar thing with Saladin, mm-hmm. that's a sex thing. Bingo! Got yeah. It. See? I'm, I'm, I'm getting better at this. Uh, I would have gone right past it, but he, he like got weirdly obsessed with the texture of it and the smells, and I thought... This seems odd. <laughs> and Wait, then I what? remembered the characters. It's 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 a well, okay, so but here's here's where it gets confusing. Who is it a sex thing for? 
Saladin? Because Mycroft, or because uh, Mycroft Madame and Saladin are probably not having sex. I don't know if that's true. I also don't think that's true. It's Madame. What does she get? I mean, she's. What does she get I mean, having? Not. What to... does she get out of having sex with the with the, one of the Marty murderers? Yeah. People, first of all, apparently. You know what? Hmm? That's actually that's a that's a fair point. No, no, this is this people because she's marrying Spain. Not yeah. If she is having a sex a sexual relationship with him, she's certainly going to have to stop. Yeah, but I think it's like I like think, with I, someone trying like Mycroft. I think you're right. Okay, I'm being drastically left behind now, here. It is a. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it's I'm okay. sorry. Did if we interrupted you, please? No, no. Me. It's just it's so, not even like in terms of my points. It's just like the realization. You, you quickly, Liam has been converted away from away from my view. Because I think I think it's entirely <laughs> plausible that Madame is like ha- had had sex or is having sex with Haladin. Simply based that first we know people Minecraft is prostituted himself out. People who really didn't want to sleep yes. with um with Minecraft Canner. And I think it's out of all the things that I don't think they I don't think most of them knew or knew in advance. I I think they absolutely knew that what they were buying. Yeah. Oh, I didn't get that sense because there's so much paperwork that like Occam had to pull well, up when the revelation. It's was not made. even. I think this is under the yeah, table. Yeah, into the table. Maybe, maybe. B, it's not. Tosin's not going to be around for that long, you know. Because Saladin kills them. Yeah. Um. No, no. I don't think it's out of character for Madame. I don't think that would be out of character for Madame in in mm-hmm. general. But with this new thing going on with Spain. Mm-hmm. I think that's definitely one of the things she's going to have to stop oh, doing. Oh, for sure. But I think... So I disagree that it's outside of Madame's character. Madame... So Madame appears to be getting what she wants out of mm-hmm. Saladin mm-hmm. due to spending a night outside of her cage reading him philosophy. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. And he is now her mm-hmm. dog, right? Yeah. And what does... She, Madame appears to have sex... To gain power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I we know that she, for example, took Desaad as like a shopping list. So not always. I think she's okay. just also a fan. Yep. yep. All right. Fair. Yep. Like I, I, I forgot about that point. <laughs> I think this wouldn't be out of character for Madame if Saladin was literally a canine. Yeah. Yeah. No. That yeah. that wouldn't that wouldn't stop yep. her. Um. So. So. Um. Coloring someone is a particularly intimate, dominant, submissive act mm-hmm. that implies a certain level of ownership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems like a very obvious connection. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, the the double effect of he's her dog, mm-hmm. legally mm-hmm. and philosophically, I guess. Uh, and... The cynic's a cynic, a cynic. Yeah, so it's, it's definitely a sexual thing for mm-hmm. them. But I do not think that you would describe them on under vanilla or layman terms as I don't think they're committing sex acts. I think that Just they are tricky. in a weird yeah. I mean, which is also sex, but there's different categories. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so I, I caught this mm-hmm. one and I was very pleased with myself. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the chapter uh, ends up with a very scary note of, uh, oh, well, you're building a criminal underground. Uh, who's who's going to get this? 
when this is all over? Uh, and the response being, you'd live a very charmed life getting to find out. But you know what? If I had extra resources right now, I'd be spending them making sure the human race survives. What an incredible non-answer. Yeah, it's probably a realistic answer. I mean, yes, but also... Incredible non-answer. Okay. Uh, And I think Mm -hmm. that brings us to the end of these two chapters, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Oh, thank God. Uh, We got through the second one faster because almost all of that is going to make the show like we didn't have a half hour long tangent (laughs) that we need to cut at the beginning this time i'm going to check my notes one last time ah shit i have things to talk about the resurrection was on video yeah yes i thought i thought all the cameras were down after the emp almost all the cameras i think most of the time almost um sniper had cameras Sniper started broadcasting it live as well. I just didn't think Sniper's cameras caught the resurrection, which apparently they did. I think Sniper's cameras... And yeah. the Utopians can prove it. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. Yeah. They can they can prove mathematically I don't get, that a miracle I don't think, That must be confusing for I them. I don't think you could, you could take it as a mathematical kind of proof, as a, rather as a physical kind of proof. It's a very different kind of proof. Uh, I liked that Mycroft uh, definitely couched it as, yeah, nobody nobody's willing to say that this was a resurrection. Even... Right. Everybody's really confused. Even the people who were there at the time. <laughs> like, as we saw in Ansley's chapter, I'm just like, let's not talk about it in quite those terms. Should we do Dune next? Should Dune be the next series we do with the podcast? I have never made it through... Even have I. <laughs> I would be... I would Everybody be bounces off of Dune. It it like there's so many parts where it it lags and people have a real hard time. I've been I've been tracking my friends where my friends quit reading certain mm-hmm. books. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord of the Rings and Dune mostly. And Dune's been a lot easier recently because so many people are trying to read it because the more recent mm-hmm. movie. Lord of the Rings um, is it was so it, hard when there's a section in the first in the hobbit when nothing happens for so long uh in the shire yeah yeah Yeah. a lot of people don't make it out of the shire and a lot of a lot more people uh make it to uh weathertop Mm -hmm. and don't make it to the council of elrond which is like the halfway point of the first book (laughs) that can't be yeah it's a it's a slog of just learning about like frodo's friends and them it's 11 years That Frodo knows that there's danger and that he has the ring and he's going to have to flee with it and doesn't do anything. I do think that was one of the the best choices that the films made, was just kind of tightening that up a yeah. little bit. Liam got spoiled again. It's not a big one, but leave if you don't want to hear it. Is he? I fully believed that until you said that sentence. 
In fact, I thought it was so clear, I didn't even bother to say it. Because there's an oath. He says we're allies. They give him the utopian costume. They gave one to J.E.D.D. Did they? Shit, I'm sorry. I spoiled you. Oh. But the way that I said it does not give you any predictive ability for the rest of the story. It, is... it does seem like the kind of thing they might do if he asked. Uh... I apologize. 